This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, and you do, go to <laughs> patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Five bucks a month, you get bonus episodes, ad-free episodes, and our undying gratitude. Mm-hmm. And also, you there is a Discord server if you're a fan. There is Facebook also group? a Facebook group that you can join, and mm-hmm. this is also available on YouTube if you mm-hmm. like that. And if you want to see uh, half of us in real life and you live in the greater New York area, uh, I am going to be at the Hinterlands Bar in Brooklyn on June 10th. Around seven, um, unclear as of this point. I'll be there probably. My friend is flying in, and so it's just a matter of getting her to drop off her bags and getting out to Brooklyn. So I am also going out of town next week, and I'm not telling any of you where I'm going because I don't want to see anybody. Yeah, he's going to Queens. (laughs) Yeah, that's sure. That's close. We'll call that close. Uh, All right, I'm debating which one of these to start with. I thought I'll go light. Let's start light. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah. Um, and we'll start in Oklahoma because... Where the rin- winds come rolling down the plains, I understand. Is that what it is? It's the Oklahoma, we'll the, the musical? Yes. Oklahoma, where better. the winds come... There you go. Blowing down the rain? I don't know. I, that's not one of the Rails, good ones, so planes, I don't watch it. Planes? So, in Oklahoma, there is a... There are actually two openings for U.S. Senate. One is the normal seat that is up for grabs. Mm-hmm. And the other one is actually it's the senator is James Inhofe, who is sick and super old, and he's just leaving his seat in the middle of the term. Oh. So there's also a special election for that seat. Oh, kind Inhofe, of like a Georgia situation. Yes. Okay. So two seats up for grabs. They're both going to Republicans. Sure, sure, sure. There's Stacey Abrams of Oklahoma is not going to stave the day here. Mm-hmm. But Inhofe is notorious for being like a climate change denier. He's the guy who went to the Senate floor with a snowball in his hand. Oh, that's him. Yeah. And he's like, look, I found a snowball. It's February. Therefore, <laughs> climate change isn't real. And he said Inhofe is the not the one who's retiring. Yeah. He's 87. So he's, he's sick. Off he's going to be out. So his endorsement is going you in hell. to, yeah, his with endorsement is going to, I believe his former chief of staff, uh, whose name is Luke Holland. Young guy, also Republican. So he's the guy that has the endorsement of the sitting senator that he's trying to replace. Mm-hmm. But it's a big Republican primary. Who knows? There's a lot of like big names in Oklahoma politics vying for that seat. Um, and Luke Holland launched his campaign this week with an ad. And normally, you imagine you're a Republican trying to win a Republican primary. You're in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. You know what they're probably going to do in a campaign ad. Sure. They're going to push, like, here's how you know I'm not just conservative, but more conservative than the other conservatives. Uh-oh. Also, by the way, I love Jesus. And, like, I know the others say that, but I really do. Oh, yeah. The other guy's on the record of being like, I Jesus very much. Never cared for his jam. <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of those things like, of course you are. Everyone yeah. in the Republican primary is saying the same thing. Yeah. So he's it's one-upping like saying, them. I'm a white person. Like, yeah, bud, we know <laughs> you're a Republican. He's one-upping them Oh, because his 30-second ad that launched his campaign this week. It's just 30 seconds of yelling Jesus? Close. Yes! It is 30 seconds of a prayer and that's it. I'm going to read you the entire oh, text of the ad. One of those? Uh, close. Lord, look at this place. Uh oh. Parents kicked out of schools. No, they're not. What? People, uh, paying people not to work, which isn't a thing. That's. They even shut down my church. 
We'll get back to that one During in a second. The global pandemic. We'll get back. Where a million people things die are happening today States? that have never happened before. Like, I know you're still there. I know you're still there. We just need more people. Hold, put your hand down. No, but we I just need more people to know you and be your friend. I'm here. Guide us back. Guide us back. I'm Luke Holland. I believe and approve. I believe and approve this message. Did you have a stroke in the middle of that? Um, I feel like he there was some word salad and I'm in the middle. Him. Can you read the word salad part again? The word salad part is, I think, we just need more people to know you and be your friend. Guide us back. Guide us back. Oh, no, you mean in Jesus. In Jesus slash God slash. Oh, I was, I thought he was talking to constituents. of no, Like, we need no. people to know. He and I was does like, not care about them. They are not a part of this sure, campaign. Sure, 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 sure. It's him and Jesus holding hands as running mates. But the thing about the, they even shut down my church. Your first instinct was to say what? COVID. Yeah, like they, he's a, implying yeah. that during the pandemic, his uh-huh. church was shut down, which not a single church anywhere mm-hmm. was shut down. Churches that wanted to meet just transitioned online temporarily, mm-hmm. like all like of, the us rest did of us for did for everything. So it was safe. But like, there's no reason these churches couldn't have posted sermons online, did their usual well, church stuff as much as they could. No one shut down his church. Certainly liberals did not go out of their way to say everyone can meet everywhere except for the Jesus people. Right. No to you specifically. Yeah. Well, I do think Nobody. the dispensaries got under their skin a little bit, but listen, <laughs> I don't know. They survived without their church. I would not have survived without my dispensary. <laughs> That's not, drugs aren't cool, guys. There was no policy proposals in the ad because none of that matters in a Republican primary. Oh, yeah. No statements about what he would do if elected. It's just And it's lies. funny because they always accuse people like us of virtue signaling or, you know, using buzzwords, right? Like, oh, like, oh, you made your rainbow flag thing. Well, wink, wink, wink. Uh-huh. But they do thus. It's, again... Every, I swear to God, once an episode, we're going to have to start tracking. Once an episode, we need to keep track of there is a conservative who is accusing Democrats of doing what they themselves are doing. It's all projection. All projection. Always projection. Always projection. But like, also the other thing is like, he's like, he said things are happening now that have never happened before, which... Fair, like we have the internet and shit, but like (laughs) time is time is passing. Yeah, God, and like there were some (laughs) several plagues. If I'm remembering my world history right, like there was the Spanish flu outbreak in 1919. Was it? Like, right? Like we've dealt with this before, sir. Like, yeah, like even COVID has happened before. Right. History at least rhymes, if not repeats. That's exactly right. And like, (laughs) if Jesus probably knows that, like, didn't he send some of the, no, that was God. I get them mixed up the old Testament (laughs) and the new Testament, but like he sent the plague. So why isn't this guy being like, well, we got COVID because, and this is what he wants to be debating for the Republican primary because he doesn't have ideas. Mm. He's working for the climate change snowball guy. So anyway, is it just power? Is that really what it comes down to? Is it just a power grab? The people there whose votes they're trying to get of which he will get most of them. Mm -hmm. If he wins the primary in the general election, 
they don't look at government as people who will solve anything. Mm. So they just want the people who are going to go there, raise a fuss about non-consequential sure. issues, prove that, and then wonder work. why everything sucks. Mm-hmm. It's because the people whose job it is, the voters didn't take seriously, the elected mm-hmm. people, in, uh, the Republicans didn't take it seriously. So of course you're not getting any relief. Yeah, this is just um, today as we're recording this. Yeah, uh, one of the House Republicans was complaining about uh, guns and mental health and stuff like that. And, of course, he's one of the people who voted against all of that stuff. So what we're seeing... I'm sorry, I want to correct this. Please. Uh, He was complaining in Pennsylvania that they had gun violence, and one of the Democrats representing Pennsylvania chimed in to say, yeah, we couldn't pass the gun legislation because the Republicans in the state legislature Mm -hmm. decided to block it. That is on your party. Yeah. So, oh boy, this has been such a challenging, I don't know, three weeks, four weeks, whenever, like kind of framing it around when we heard the Rose, you know, leak to this, this shooting in Texas. Um, it just feels like to me that all of the Republicans birds are coming home to roost. Like the things that they have been working toward, for my entire lifetime, certainly, at least post-Reagan. Abortion. Get rid of abortion, Mm -hmm. get guns into as many people's hands as we can, and congrats, you guys, you did it. And so now, how many people died in Texas that day? Today? No, no, no. Oh, that day. Of the shooting Uh, is... 19 kids, kids. two teachers. Mm -hmm. And they made that sacrifice so people could keep on holding guns. And boy, uh, is this the appropriate space for me to do my anti-cop rant? Or uh, do you no, need that No, because later? I'm going to put this on YouTube, so who knows what they're going to cut and then demonetize. Okay, can I call cops Smurfs? Yes. So here's the thing, is when we have been told our entire life that Smurfs are here to help us, and they are here to protect us, and they're the good guys. Uh, we, uh, white children, I should say, I can't speak for you because you're not white. Did you learn that, <laughs> that Smurfs were your friends? Uh, I don't interact with cops because I'm brown. Right. So I learned that cops were my friends and will help me and whatever. And every interaction I've ever had with a cop was fucking nightmarish. But that's not the point. The point is this. The cops stood outside that school And not only did not go in to confront an active shooter, but also arrested parents of children who were trying to get in. There is a story of a child who called 911, I believe it was seven times. I could be wrong on that. Maybe it's something like four and kept saying, please, please send them in. Because from my understanding, uh, what the cops had said were, well, the shooter has barricaded it himself into a room so all of the other kids are safe. They made the decision, and this is not me editorializing, and this is not me like uh, connecting dots that don't exist. From what we see in the communications, they made the decision that, okay, we're going to sacrifice that classroom full of children and teachers because we, the cops, are too afraid to be the good guy with the gun. So... I am wondering if it took cops something like 90 minutes to get into the school because, do you know this, they were looking for a key. <laughs> the cops couldn't get into the building because they were looking for a key. I, are, you, 
are you out of your fucking mind with this? Like, there, I hope there is national attention on what the fuck police are bringing to the table now. Because I will tell you what, it is not protecting children. It's definitely not protecting adults. So far, it's protecting property, to be sure, and trying to catch people. Like, oh, you're speeding a little bit. Oh, you got expired tags. Yeah, let's fucking run them down. These people are not here to make your life safer. They are here to make money for the city, protect their own ass, and, I don't know, probably circle jerk once in a while. I cannot believe you called them Smurfs and didn't make a boys in blue comment. Yeah, my brain isn't functioning good or well or correctly. I've been staying at my brother's place. My nephew is very, my two-month-old nephew is very sick. And so I'm helping them with my two-year-old niece and my very sick two-month-old nephew. And my brain is goo. So yeah, I missed the Smurf joke, Hammond. (laughs) But I'm here, aren't I? Congrats. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Okay, let's talk about... This is, I hate discussing this, but I feel I have to discuss this. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about Richard Dawkins. Oh, what yeah. do you do? Here's why. So rehash what happened in the past because it'll be relevant in a second. Okay. The reason specifically I'm upset with Dawkins, which we have talked about in the past. Wait, did a new thing happen? or A new we... thing happened. Oh, God. But um, he's made a lot of comments that I find transphobic, and a lot of trans people find transphobic. Well, those, they're the arbiters of what's transphobic. You so... would think. So this is, here's 2015. This was the first one, to my knowledge, where he, like, explicitly decided to play this game. Oh. And it's like, are you just out of your element here, and you're, you don't know what you're talking about? Or is this, like, a thing you do now? <sighs> And can I even just yeah. can I quickly predict? I do feel like somebody in Dawkins' um, position, and this is not an excuse, this is more of a condemnation. Probably, I would guess, get to the point where they do not feel comfortable saying, I don't know the answer to that question, yeah. and feel like either they actually know or feel obligated to give an answer. To be fair, that is also 99% of Twitter. And then, that's this job that we have right yes. now. <laughs> so in 2015, Dawkins said, and I'm quoting the entire tweet here, is trans woman a woman? Purely semantic. If you define by chromosomes, no. If by self-identification, yes. Discuss. I call her she out of courtesy. That was tweet number one. Oh, that was the one that's that was discussed the at the one, end? Where it's like, let me just raise this question about transhumanity in the form of a fun little hypothetical Can and I, see what you all say. So here's the thing that happens a whole fucking lot is people love to play hypotheticals with real world issues as if that's like a fun intellectual exercise. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. You hear it a lot in abortion of like, well, if this is a situation, this is a situation, then don't you think she shouldn't be allowed to get an abortion? It's like... Oh, I don't give a shit. Like, you making up a scenario does not make a thing less valid. And you, quote-unquote, posing a question that not only has the right answer, but the wrong answer is damaging to the community that you're provoking. Like, go kick rocks. So then, last year, this is last April 2021, he tweets again, in 2015, this is Dawkins saying this, oh. in 2015, Rachel Dolezal, a white chapter president of the NAACP, was vilified for identifying as black. Some men choose to identify as women, and some women choose to identify as men. You will be vilified if you deny that they, are, that they literally are what they identify as. 
discuss. Okay, I do. Have we talked about this before? We have many times. And I don't understand how to respond to something like that. Because it feels so apples and oranges to me. He's comparing trans people to a white woman who pretended to be black, or I guess best case scenario, she claimed to self-identify as black, but clearly the issue is she wasn't black. Um, He said being trans is a choice. That was the word he used. They choose to identify that way. And then he acted like the people who call them out on it are the real victims. And then again, fun little hypothetical, discuss. Like, I'm going to throw this bomb on Twitter. You all deal with it. I'm out. And then like a couple days later, he's like, why why is everyone mad at me? Anyway. We said this I'm just the time. asking questions is the quintessential white dude cop out. Just asking questions. So, the what I wrote at the time, what we talked about at the time, um, I, I what I said is it's troubling to me that one of the best long form science writers mm-hmm. I've ever encountered mm-hmm. was also one of the worst short form writers on Twitter of anything, questioning the humanity of trans people is nothing more than this hypothetical for him. Do you think he considers this questioning their humanity is he that no. like far out no, of pocket no i think pocket? he's like this okay. is this is a conversation we should be I having see. because clearly he doesn't know many trans people but and again i don't think he realized he's echoing conservative christian arguments against trans people and giving he, them giving them ammo to use you basically. don't think he realizes that i don't know i, don't I mean know either. i guess the best scenario here is that he doesn't realize he's doing all this and no one in his inner circles has the guts to tell him what the hell i mean this could be a like jk rowling thing of like he's grown too powerful or whatever and nobody <laughs> can tell him no or he won't hear no anymore and has decided that this is an important thing yes so the, after that tweet, yeah. shortly after that tweet, like, what do you do if you're an organization that promotes humanism that mm-hmm. has been connected with Dawkins in the past? Because, like, it's one thing for us to complain about it on a podcast, mm-hmm. but, like, there are organizations that have promoted this guy yeah. at conferences and stuff. American Atheists, for example, which has no formal connection with Dawkins, mm-hmm. they put out a press release saying, no, like, what the hell are you doing? We mm-hmm. have a staffer who is trans. And she wrote the article, like, the press release saying, is like, Christine, what the hell? is that? No. Oh. So they, they published that and they put it out, but, like, honestly, it didn't get as mm-hmm. much traction as I would have hoped. Sure. The American Humanist Association said, like, well, we actually gave Dawkins an award. Oh, like, they rescinded a it. A while ago, yeah. And they said, we gave him our Humanist of the Year Award in 1996. I say that, like, I respect the AHA, and I know that just about every large organization that has conferences, they give luminaries an award like that. Like, you're the activist of the year. And by the way, will you speak at our conference and we'll give you an award and you get to say you get an award and it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And like, come to our conference so we could sell tickets. Yeah. That's not a weird, shady thing. Everyone does that. Of course. The American Humanist Association gave him an award in mm-hmm. 1996 for promoting science and humanism. Mm-hmm. And why wouldn't you? Was, that was a decade before the God delusion. But sure. Dawkins was still a big deal. They gave it to him at the time. Jeez, and now yeah. they were saying... We can't, I mean, the one thing we can do is rescind that award from you because that's one way we could show that we oppose what you're doing now. Mm -hmm. And I think there is a valid argument from critics critics who are like, okay, you're rescinding it from Dawkins, but like, we see your list of who you've given this award to in the past. Are we going to, because there are some people on there who we would deem problematic Mm -hmm. today. Why aren't you rescinding their awards? That's a fair argument. Fair point. But at least... 
for this situation, Dawkins was the guy in the news. He was the one saying something ridiculous. That feels a little whataboutism-y to me. So anyway, they did that. We had this discussion. This was discussed left and right. At the end of the day, the biggest consequence for Dawkins at the end of all this is that there was a lot of news articles about losing this award that I promise you even atheists have never paid any attention to. Um, Guess who this year's Humanist of the Year was? Me? It was not. Oh, who? No one knows. No one knows because no one cares about this award. I'll tell you the answer in a second. But I'm saying, like, no one's paying attention to this. And yet, rescinding that award, like, Dawkins fans are like, what? How dare you take away this incredible honor? It was Fauci. Fauci was Humanist of the Year. Oh, that's a great... Right, pick. but it didn't matter because no one cares outside been a of pick like for 2020. AJ but what do I know? So Jesus, we had that conversation a while ago. Here's why I bring all this now because you need to know that to know why I want to discuss this. So the June July issue of Free Inquiry, which is the magazine put out by the Center for Inquiry, um, they put out a magazine cool. every two months. Um, at, at one point in time, this magazine was like your one access point to learning about atheism and humanism. I see. Because this is before all those books came out, mm. before the internet was a thing. So if like if you wanted to know what happens if you have if you don't have faith in God, if you have doubts, sure. you might be able to go to your library, check out a copy of the magazine because oh, they had it. That for a lot of fun. older people. Free Inquiry, the magazine put out by CFI, is kind of their introduction to Mm -hmm. this world. Um, I have questions about its circulation now and who's actually reading it and how influential it is. It is still a print magazine. It's online for subscribers and stuff, paywalled. But anyway, their latest issue uh, has an editorial opening up an entire package of articles uh, by CFI's CEO, Robin Blumner, who's been at the helm for a while here. And basically, she talks about how identity politics and cancel culture have more or less torn apart the humanist movement. Um, My good friend Robin said this? Your friend Robin Robin said this. And here's, okay, I'm going to read parts of this. We could discuss it after each little part. I've never read Robin. That was a bad joke. Go ahead. It's all good. The title, Identitarianism is Incompatible with Humanism. Oh, boy. And by the way, the first thing you see is the definition of identitarian... That um, she source, made up. Source, source, Urban Dictionary. Urban Dictionary. Fuck off, really? I was totally making that up. Also, when are they going to start because calling you, it Urban Dictionary? That's pretty embarrassing. Yeah. We shouldn't use that anymore. Which, by the way, if you look it up on Wikipedia, the definition of like identitarianism is like, well, it's the it's like a right wing European 1940s term. Oh, she didn't. Which is why you it? don't want to use that term. I'm but sorry. Did you, you say 1940s Ur- European? You heard me. You Uh-oh. heard me. So she and cited was Urban chill Dictionary. In the 1940s. Anyway, here's the, <laughs> yeah, open, right? here's the opening of the piece. The humanist project is at a dangerous crossroads. I fear that our cohesion as fellow humanists is being torn apart by a strain of identitarianism that is making enemies of long-standing friends and opponents of natural allies. Okay. Yeah. I I guess here our is cohesion. what I am. I guess here is what I'm confused about is that, so I have been to, I don't know, two or three atheist conferences of, of some stripe 
They're, they tend to be very largely white and male, which is to be expected. Mm-hmm. Um, when more women started kind of becoming part of the movement, we saw a lot of figuring out how to make sure these spaces are safe for people moving through the world and who don't want to be, I don't know, hit on by random dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a whole thing. And mm-hmm. now it's... what like I guess my question is, what are they saying is happening. So what I'm hearing yeah. is ident- identitarian. Is that what she's saying? Yeah. Identitarian politics. Are they, is she saying I'm valuing that I am a trans person or I am valuing yes, this over, over what you bring humanism? to the table as a person. It's like my label gives me authority. Oh, here's I the, here's see. the definition from urban dictionary that she's citing a person or ideology that espouses that group identity is the most important thing about a person, which no one has ever said, and that justice and power must be viewed primarily on the basis of group identity rather than individual merit. So what I think this is, is a misunderstanding of what identity, identity politics yeah. are it, Trans people place. are not saying, well, I'm trans, therefore yeah. everything I say as a trans person carries more weight on like all these issues. Yeah. And who cares if I'm making a solid argument yeah. or whatever? It's That's what I think weird. she is complaining about. Because I feel like we on this podcast and people in the atheist community have talked for a long time about the white male problem of of atheism and how we need to bring more people into. And the, by white the male tent. problem, just to be clear, you're saying like it draws in white men mm-hmm. and very clearly, mm-hmm. anecdotally, mm-hmm. excludes a lot of other people. Yeah. And like. The argument from one side is, well, there's nothing inherent about atheism that excludes any group or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but in practice, it totally does. And maybe we should explore if we're doing anything Mm -hmm. or saying anything that might not be appealing to anyone outside a very specific Mm -hmm. demographic. That's the problem. It's not that white dudes are the problem. It's that if the only people, like, by and large, that you are attracting Mm -hmm. is, like, one specific group of people, maybe there's something up with whatever you're selling. My dude, if I walk into a bar and there's only white men there I am turning around and walking away because that is not the place for me so I I guess what I'm trying to say here is that every time we sort of try to bring more people into this movement which honestly the irony of her bitching about identity politics while identifying as as I was going to say humanitarianism. Yeah. As a humanist. As, <laughs> as the a humanist. head of one of the largest yeah. international humanist And you don't label group. yourself as a humanist or an atheist or a feminist or whatever. Like, it's... We have lots identity of Identity different... politics only applies to people who are not part of your identity. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's them. Oh, it's so you them. being brown is identity politics. Yes. And me being a woman is identity politics yes. to you. Yes. Which is fair, because I would go to you for brown things, <laughs> being... and you'd come to me for lady things, so... <laughs> but, like, apparently being straight... And just not having to think about oh, your no, identity. Being, oh, you're confused. Being straight, white, and male is neutral. Yeah. And everything else is a variant me, of that. You're confused again, Hammond. <laughs> Let me lay the groundwork. Here's more of what she... Trying to explain the problem she's concerned with. Okay. This is, again, Robin Blumner, the head of CFI. Humanism is facing a schism within its own movement. Today, there is a subpart of humanists, identitarians, who are suspicious of individuals and their freedoms. They do not want a free society if it means some people will use their freedom to express ideas with which they disagree. And then one more section here, and then we'll stop. 
This has given rise to a corrosive cultural environment, awash in controversial speakers being shouted down on college campuses, even liberal professors and newspaper editors losing their jobs for tiny one-off slights. The cancellation Are we citing sources? Hang on. The cancellation of great historical figures for being men of their time and a range of outlandish claims of microaggressions, cultural appropriation, and other crimes against current orthodoxy. Sorry, who was saying this? This is not Robin anymore. This This is is a different... Wait. This is not quoting someone else. Fuck off. Really? Just to be clear, you said, like, what's the citation? What's the source? None. Because I think the fear is if you tell us these tiny one-off slights that got someone quote-unquote canceled, I think everyone's going to see the example and be like, that's a big friggin' deal. Yeah. So we should make a big deal about it. Like, one example that comes up is a New York Times reporter that just nonchalantly uses the N-word in a hypothetical discussion about something academically or something. Okay. And it's like... People were very uncomfortable by him doing that. Was the professor black? Uh, no. Oh, that no. was an important piece yeah. you should have led with. But like, and then he's not writing for the Times anymore. And it's like, how dare we make this man lose his job? Well, he's hey, not owed a job for life. we all decided that the least we can do for the but, black community is not say the N-word. But the point is, she and doesn't give... And that's all we've even given them. She doesn't give any examples of professors who have suffered these consequences because every time these people bring up their clear Mm -hmm. examples of it almost always it's like oh well how come you didn't tell me that example it's because it's a big freaking Mm -hmm. deal she doesn't say anything specific until we get to dawkins where she rehashes what i have already told you all the stuff with his tweets Mm -hmm. and here's what she says dawkins the man who has done more than anyone alive okay. to advance evolutionary biology and the public's understanding of that science, who has brought the light of atheism to millions of people, and whose vociferous opposition to Donald Trump and Brexit certainly must, must have burnished his liberal cred, became radioactive because of one tweet on transgender issues that the AHA didn't like. I'm just writing down all of the... um... To be clear, there are others who advanced evolution. It's not just him. I say this is someone who likes Dawkins science books. He's not the only dude out there. I'm just writing down the logical fallacies that she's used uh, in that last thing. I think the thing that bothered me, the one tweet on trans issues. It wasn't one tweet. It's, It's, first of all, he still believes the stuff. And he perpetuates that stuff in different ways. He's done it in interviews. He's done it in news articles. It's not like one tweet where he made a typo and everyone's piling on. That's not the story here. It's the idea that he really does think being trans is a choice. He really does think that like, well, I guess I'll call you by your pronouns if you want. Because I'm nice. Like this is me (laughs) doing you a favor. Yeah. Yeah, it's this ideology that like, Trans and by the way, I didn't even say the worst part of it. Oh, Dawkins, are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Dawkins also, uh, more recently, this is uh, like, was it last year? I want to make sure I'm saying this right. Um, just more recently, Dawkins in November told his millions of Twitter followers to go sign a declaration on women's sex based rights, yep, which is a right wing document that aims to deny civil rights to trans women. 
more specifically, it treats trans mothers like they're taking rights away from like, quote, real mothers. Yeah. It wanted to deprive trans women of the ability to play women's sports. Mm-hmm. And it would impede the ability of trans children to receive transition related health care. Mm-hmm. He wanted people to sign that document. So this is not one tweet. This is a belief about trans people that dehumanizes them that Dawkins is pushing and that CFI now, which, by the way, merged with the Dawkins Foundation years ago, which Robin Blumner is like the appointed head of that organization, which has a literal connection with Dawkins. Mm -hmm. She's not exactly unbiased here, but even if she were unbiased, this is not about one tweet that someone didn't like. Mm -hmm. It's a pattern of behavior. And if you're a large organization, like the American Humanist Association, you want to do something that might have an effect. And the only sway, the only pull you have is to say, look, we gave you an award a while back. Well, we're taking it back. Mm -hmm. It's not a huge deal in the grand scheme of things, but it's all we've got because the other alternative is putting out some press release saying we're unhappy with it, Mm -hmm. which... Sure, they could do that, Mm -hmm. but honestly, no one would be writing a story about that. No one would care. It would have just disappeared. And so they did something that at least got some damn attention to the fact that not everyone's going along with this game that Dawkins is playing Mm -hmm. with trans lives. And I just, what I think is interesting with this trans issue is that it, it just seems to be something that feels like a real home run for atheists and humanists of like, yeah, atheists, we accept trans people as who they are because to do otherwise, there is no reason to deny trans people the care they need, the dignity they deserve. There's no other reason to do that. I promise you they are not taking God. over women's sports and depriving Jeez. Like as if you motherfuckers women. give a shit about women's sports. Yeah. How people had to fucking claw for Title IX? Go fuck yourselves. This, this is, is what a- I'm not. Yeah. Doing. This yeah. is what really fucking pisses me off about this. Is this idea of like, oh, we, it's always about protecting children. It's always about protecting women. Hey, we want to protect you, gals. These dudes are putting on a dress and are going to shot put better than you. Aren't you afraid of that? Like, a what? B you don't care about women's sports. Like you're probably the same dude who makes fun of the WNBA. But the problem is like, and it gets into bigger issues of what do you, what exactly are you complaining about? Is it testosterone levels? Is it something else? Do you want to judge chemical balance within bodies? Are you going to do hormone tests? Are you going to measure like arm? Like I, I I read a thing about thing about how, um, what's his face? Who's the swimmer? Michael Michael Phelps is like, a freak of nature, nature built to be a great swimmer. Short legs, big feet, long arms, et cetera, like crazy lung capacity or whatever. Are we going to measure him and be like, well, your arms are 4% longer than everybody else's, so you have an unfair advantage. Like, this is just a fucking bananas thing to do for, and I can't stress this enough, sports! And if you think critical thinking, critical thinking and reason and rationality and, like, evidence-based, if that's the thing that you're pushing, which is what CFI is pushing then listen to some of the people who are making critical cases on the other side, which they have no interest in listening to. And going back, this is 
after she said, after Robin Blumner said, you know, his liberal cred, Dawkins' cred became radioactive because of one tweet on transgender issues. That's not That's not fucking, what it is. And it's not one tweet. But she goes and on. Even if it was one tweet, it doesn't matter if it's one. You can't reduce it because it was one hurtful phrase. You can be like, oh, well, Hitler only did one Holocaust. <laughs> like, the number of incidences doesn't matter. It's the <laughs> one Holocaust is a pretty funny joke that I just made. That's nothing funny about it. <laughs> Um, and then she goes on to say, apparently decades of past good works are erased by 280 characters. Just poof. No wonder a New York Times poll recently found that 84% of adults say it is a very serious or somewhat serious problem that some Americans do not speak freely because of fear of retaliation or harsh criticism. Yeah, which, it's called women forever. <laughs> do you know how also, much, I'm sorry you can't say your racist thing because you're afraid people are going to call you out on it, but I'm glad you are self-censoring when you have stupid ideas. This is me too all over again. What am I supposed to just not touch women? Yeah, don't. <laughs> Stop fucking touching yeah. Yes, everyone self-censors all, all the, the time. time. A, being a human woman moving around the world, the amount of lying and self-censoring and like padding egos that I have to do is unreal. I assume you two as like a brown person, you're always like reassuring people how friendly you are or you just Never. sulk in a corner I don't and talk to people. carry big bags. Then she says, this lurk. is what identitarians have wrought. And then she goes on a, that's the only example she offers. Then she changes subjects okay. to talk about like, we're not judging people on individual merit, and I that's a problem. I, I still don't have an understanding of what she means by identitarianism. Like, let's the see if this example helps. Oh, okay. Um, this is so, uh, in addition to being inherently divisive. Talking about identity politics, it's not divisive. Uh, this is self. It's divisive because people are assholes. Yeah, this is self-reinforcing defeatism. It results in extreme examples such as a draft plan in California to de-emphasize calculus as a response to persistent racial gaps in math achievement. Suddenly, a subject as racially neutral as math has become a flashpoint for identitarians set on ensuring equality of outcomes for certain groups rather than the far more just standard of equality of opportunity. Let me Wait, break that down for no, you. no, 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 no. Did this woman just say that schools are only based on what did you do that instead of do that last sentence what did she say um, equality uh, equality they of opportunity want equality of outcomes instead of equality of opportunity okay do, i don't know if this person has kids i don't however my understanding of knowing all of the teachers in the like every person i know is a teacher um it's not equality of chance if one kid goes home and is responsible for babysitting younger siblings and making dinner and taking care of things because their mom's working at night uh, versus me growing up where I would go home and my dad was really good at English and could help me with my English yeah. homework and help me with my math homework. Those are not equitable. And that doesn't mean I was a bad person for having parents invested in my education. But literally, this person can go jump up her own ass if she thinks this is what ha okay, what's happening. Okay, let me explain what's happening but in I'm the math so situation mad. in California. Here's the argument as I understand it. Like, answer me this. If you're a good math student in high school, what classes do you take in, in U.S. math in public high schools in the U.S., we did, what classes do you take? The best math students in your school, what do they take? It would be cal it was like algebra one, geometry, algebra two, calculus. Okay, that was the track. My we case had. too. I 
I did, I was a math major in college. Why? Because I'm really good at math. A dork. What? Yes. What did I do in high school? I took calculus mm-hmm. in high school. I took calc three in high school. Why? Because the you didn't smart have a girlfriend. that too. The smart math kids at my school were steered towards calculus. Mm-hmm. That is the case just about everywhere in most public high schools. Here's the problem: what they were seeing in California. That's fine. That's what we've done forever. People of color are not able to do calculus as well as everyone else. Mm-hmm. So we automatically say they are not good at math. There is this math gap. There's this gap in math achievement. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that argument is you are assuming calculus is the pinnacle of math education. And the argument mm-hmm. from people who study this stuff is. I mean, calculus is knowing some formulas, knowing how to manipulate equations, solving for certain things. That's fine. (laughs) But like, it's a lot of, it's literally calculations Uh solving these problems. And that's fine. That's important. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if you want to be an engineer or something like that, that's useful. But you know what else is math? Statistics, data science, knowing how to use numbers, interpret numbers. And there's a push to say, you know what? If you're really good in math, you don't have to go the calculus route. You can take advanced oh. placement statistics. You can take data science, yeah. which, by the way, students of color are also good at. Really? And by saying, you know what, don't take calc. Let's see how good you are at statistics. And maybe that is a place we could push some students because they are also good at math. And just because you can't do calc really well yeah. doesn't mean you're not good at a different type of mathematical I mean- Uh, expertise I think almost everybody I know is either pretty good at algebra or pretty good at geometry if they have yeah that's kind of the the myth right like you're good at the manipulation of space and geometry or you're good at solving formulas and equations which is the algebra side and that was never I don't think I mean there is listen there are many problems with the American education system and I'm not here to defend it at all but like there are many ways to make sure that kids are getting an, an education that they can use. I think that's the other thing is like, if you're not going to go into something like calculus, I bet statistics is a much more applicable class. Yeah, and why that you, is, I why taught are we statistics. so I taught on, advanced, the, on I, the road of you have to end up at calculus? Right. I taught advanced placement statistics. Are those the best calc students all mm-hmm. the time? Yeah. No, some kids are great at both. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times it's like, yeah, these kids understand how to f- interpret data, how yeah. to know when something is verifiably solid proof of something versus eh, this is this might just happen by right. chance. And you know what? I would argue that's way more useful to most fields. Yeah. Than taking calc. I never use calc in my day-to-day life. I use statistics all the time. But if you're good at that, good for you. By the way, the New York Times pointed out calculus is not even offered in most schools that serve a large number of black and Latino students. So going back to the argument she's making, this is in Robin Blumner's essay, suddenly a subject as racially neutral as math has become a flashpoint for identitarians. It's so set how, on, can you be like, this naive or this w- like willing to obfuscate what is actually happening here? Like what what is she trying? What is her I'll keep goal? Going. Like what's Here's, her thesis? Later on, I was at a sec. Oh, this is a different example. We should stop worrying about anybody besides white people because it makes people uncomfortable. Like what are I we doing? I think if we point uh, out we need to care about trans people, the argument is well, that's not an atheist issue. They're not special because they're trans. But also, if the guy who's the spokesperson for our group 
is trashing on trashing trans people in the most ignorant ways and doesn't seem to be receptive to any kind of criticism, then you know what? Stop tearing apart the movement, you guys. Let him throw trans people under a bus because we need to be unified to fight Christian nationalism, even though Dawkins is parroting Christian nationalist talking points. She is saying that Richard Dawkins, the retention of Richard Dawkins and the lauding, continuing admiration for Richard Dawkins is more important to the atheism movement than accepting trans people who have been roundly rejected largely largely because of religious reasons. She is prioritizing one old white dude who did a lot of good and has done a lot of crappy shit since. She's prioritizing him and his personality and what he brings to the table, which, want to be clear, a lot of people fucking hate Richard Dawkins, and I am not talking about just Christian people. I'm talking about a lot of, like, feminists and atheists do not care for Richard Dawkins. Robin has decided in this essay that the retention of Richard Dawkins as a figurehead is more important than making trans people, whether they're out or not, feel safe in our community. Mm -hmm. And that sucks. I'm... Check out the picture that went along with the article, by the way. Uh, I won't describe it yet. I'll let Jess describe Robin. it for you. Here, come. It's on my oh, screen. Oh, I have to stand Come up. around, Ooh. then tell people what you are. This is the picture that goes with the article in question. Would you like to describe the stock photo that they used? I have a deep and abiding hatred of stock photos because I used so many of them when I worked at a content marketing farm. And this is maybe the worst one. Actually, the only thing I've seen worse is when we would do things about like cybersecurity. And All right, every, what's the photo? No, what's the every photo? picture they had would be like a thief with a blindfold at their computer. Yeah. And that really made me laugh. Yeah. This was an HDMI cable. Is that okay, what that maybe is? Maybe a VGA port. A VGA cable, one of the old blue ones with all the prongs and yeah. a USB, USB port. And they can't connect, Hemet. <laughs> Hemet, they can't connect because they're not the same thing. Hemet, what does that have to do with literally anything, my does friend? Does that mean trans people can't have rights or but gay like, people can't? It's like the anti-gay arguments like, guys, you put a plug into a socket, therefore straight. She is literally <laughs> doing the stock video footage version or stock photo footage of uh, Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve or whatever. Yeah. Like, that's clearly what this is. She's like... Well, I don't know if the penis doesn't go in the vagina. I don't know what else to make of this person. Like, Robin, bud, you you need to do better the than this. The title of the bad. issue of Free Inquiry. This is this, bad. This two-month issue, uh, Humanism and Wokeism. Ouch. And they have many articles. This is the one that opens up the magazine and there are many more. Where okay, that so came they from. picked their side. Listen, yeah. I don't want to be like, listen, I, uh, I don't want to be fuck them, they're dead to me. But it sounds to me like they have picked their side. And to me, at it's least, not about... I want to clarify. At least the people running the place have I, I guess that's what side. I meant. Because I know people who have worked there who are upset about this. Yeah. I talked to them. Yeah. I know people who are currently working there that are disturbed by this. Yeah. I have talked to them. But the person and the people in charge do not seem to care. And there have been multiple essays defending this or like, how dare people complain about this essay? It's like, because you still haven't figured out what you're doing. Like, if I have this little platform on a podcast, I'll use it to push back. I don't, I'm not going to pretend they're going to care about it. But that's the thing. Like, we can push back. Like, I've seen Richard Dawkins, obviously, Mm -hmm. is defending the article. 
mm-hmm. Jerry Coyne, who is another uh, author who has written <laughs> articles about new atheist stuff. He's yeah. defending the Daniel Dennett was like, you guys, this seems very interesting. Um, it's almost like when we picked four old white guys to be our like <laughs> There was headliners. an election and we picked them. That's yeah, maybe we should have maybe worked like a human woman in there or somebody who has ever heard of melanin. <laughs> Because I don't know that the four horsemen have necessarily led us to the greatest place possible right now. I don't think this is great. Uh, and like, How I want to say, like, I'm not for them. I'm not asking CFI to change their mission to become purely social justice based or like civil rights oriented. But like, you don't have to complain when the rest of us push back against usually faith-based attacks yeah. on marginalized groups because that's what, like, my humanism compels me to do. Apparently, the humanist group doesn't think it's a part of theirs. But, like, here's what I would have loved to have heard in the essay, which I did not hear anywhere in the essay. Like, what's the proper way for people to criticize Dawkins in a way they would accept? I have no idea. Did Dawkins do anything wrong? I, As far as I can tell, they do not think he did anything wrong. Um, what's her organization doing? CFI, one of the larger atheist groups in the country. What are they doing to make sure they are supporting trans rights? Who are trans people who are especially vulnerable Mm -hmm. to Christian nationalist legislation? None of that comes up in the essay because she's so busy defending Dawkins transphobic language, if nothing else, Mm -hmm. and claiming that the people challenging him are somehow tearing the movement apart. Like, if that's what is keeping us together, we shouldn't be together. That's a good point. (laughs) And I just, I'm just utterly baffled by what's going on here. It it just, I... The Southern Baptist Convention, we talked last week about how they put out this internal investigation that was done by a third party. I don't remember last week's recording at all. It was an important, like, it revealed a lot of stuff that the public didn't know. Like, Uh it was, as far as I can tell, pretty decent investigation. Mm -hmm. But that only happened because Southern Baptist leaders who went to their convention one or two years ago... The option on the table was, we'll conduct an internal investigation of the sexual abuse problem. And enough people who are leaders in the in the denomination said, mm-hmm. no, we are not going to let you investigate yourselves. We're taking a vote right now. Let's have an outside organization, an independent organization, mm-hmm. do the investigation, and we are going to accept those results. That happened, and it was a good thing that happened, yeah. because leaders from within spoke out against the people running the organization. And guess what? Now they have to deal with this bad reckoning of what they've created. And it's up on it's up to them to decide how to move forward. But like, again, the important thing there is good for those Southern Baptists who said, no, you are not doing this yourself. We are doing an outside company looking into what we did because we can trust that. Yeah. We don't trust you because you've created this problem. But again, they spoke up. It wasn't easy, mm-hmm. but they made some real things come to light, and hopefully they'll lead to some change within that denomination. They CFI, the leaders of CFI, seem so afraid of that criticism that they are not addressing what any of the critics are saying. They're just saying the critics are wrong for criticizing our, I don't know, sugar daddy who runs our organization. Yeah, like... Since when have we like? Since when is he the fucking? I don't know how much money Dawkins gives them, but his name is attached to. Yeah, like 
he's not the Pope. He's not infallible. Like, yeah, we, you're supposed to be the one. Like, we are separate from like the Catholic Church because you I'm absolutely saying. can criticize. The, people this are is, fallible. They do make mistakes. Yeah, we're Let's, all fucking idiots all the time. And like, I think if Dawkins had tweeted that. And somebody's like, hey, dude, this is bogus for these four reasons. Which they did over and over. Of course they did. But here's the other thing, the, the sort of like self-inflicted thing of like, oh, we got overwhelmed. We were like bombarded. It's like, yeah, you pissed off a lot of individual people and they responded individually. It's not like there is a mob that's out to get you. You just hurt a lot of people and they are telling you that they are hurt. That is not somebody who is out to get you. But this, okay, I am thinking 10 years ago, right, when I started writing for, for Friendly Atheist, the probably biggest um, uh, subject I would write about was gay marriage. Mm. It was 2012. It was the year before, two years before, three years before uh, uh, gay marriage was legalized. And so I wrote a ton about gay marriage legalization, uh, gay adoption, you know, rights for same-sex couples, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And that was an easy slot for atheism. Yes, I would say once every 10 articles, I would get the pushback of what do gay people have to do with atheism and always what we and how would you have like described it? Why did we talk about gay issues? Why isn't marriage equality nationwide? Why isn't it legal? Because Christians are the ones using their religion to oppose it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's part of the thing. We ought to push back against faith based reasons because it's not like they're giving secular reasons. Gay people shouldn't get married. Correct. Um, And also we stand for human rights and we want people to flourish and be happy Mm -hmm. and live their best lives. Isn't that an extension of what we stand for? Because again, if, if your atheism consists of, I don't believe in God, then why are you involved in these conversations? Cause what are you here for? You're done. You answer the question, get out. The rest of us want to figure out how to move forward with Mm -hmm. that. That's what we're doing here. It's actually, you can kind of equate that to the GOP, that kind of thing of, well, you know, I don't care about gay marriage, but like, just fuck the church. So I'm going to be for gay marriage. Just the way the Republicans are like, well, I'm anti this because it's progressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so I guess I'm really having a hard time reconciling. So I, I've been doing this for 10 years and I do not know how I went from writing about how we were all protesting Chick-fil-A and doing all that shit to people who are running the one of the biggest atheist groups in the country bagging on queer people, bagging on trans people to protect the status quo, which is old people who don't necessarily understand how gender and identity works, even if they're biologists and not maybe uh, sociologists because yeah, gender could, is more complicated than this. could have said this. nothing. Oh, <laughs> say nothing is always an option and I cannot recommend it more highly. It's not advice I take often, but I know it's there if I need it. So I, I guess I'm just so like deeply disappointed that I went from what I felt like doing good work progressing progressive causes sorry for that double word and now all of a sudden i'm we're fighting with richard dawkins about gender identity like (laughs) and we're the crazy one like we're the ones who lost the plot like we are still the ones who want people to be who they are and be who make what makes them happy and now we're the weird rebels to destroy the movement i don't like i'm pretty fucking liberal but i'm not like this is not crazy shit this is like 
like moderate shit is like meeting people where they are. And we're the lunatics who are ruining the movement because we want to make sure our trans siblings don't feel like absolute shit whenever Richard Dawkins is like, hey, good news, I'm the capital A atheist, so this is what I think. And all the atheists are like, yeah, you're right, Richard Dawkins, penises are only for boys, you're so wise, I guess I'm going to deny rights to people and lead to a really high suicide rate. He's like three minutes away from promoting crypto. He is, oh boy. (laughs) Truly, if crypto crashed a month later, there is a non-zero chance we had a Richard Dawkins crypto. <laughs> My God, remember when David Silverman tried to write to sell his uh, his meme as okay. a? Let me get into that one for a second. Wait, so. Silverman. Okay. I did not know we were doing this. It was such a good... Uh... This wasn't even on my list, oh. but <laughs> this is the Johnny Depp portion of the thing. I'm not going into the the uh, verdict itself, but I found this amusing for like a second. Um, the story, in 2016, there was another Reason Rally. Do you remember that? Like a second I one? I do. It was the same one. Okay. Uh, week so, was my friend's wedding, so I couldn't go. So they were going to do this thing, and they were like trying to make it bigger and better than the one in mm. 2012. Right which is a hard thing to do because the 2012 one was decent in terms of media attention, attendance, et cetera. And one of the things, one of the coups in terms of who they got to speak there, believe it or not, I know this is down everyone's memory hole, but hear me on this. Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, who were married at the time, agreed to speak at the 2016 Reason Rally because both of them were atheists. That was a huge deal. What? Yeah, so... They were going to speak. They were the headliners. We knew this months in advance. And when the media started writing about this upcoming Reason Rally in 2016, they were like the headliners include people like Bill Nye and Dawkins, of course. But Dawkins had had a little stroke, so he wasn't going to show up. I think we knew that. But they also said, and Johnny Depp and Amber Heard like are bringing this Hollywood aspect to this rally. Hmm. And then about a week or two before the event itself... Uh The two of them divorced. I don't know how clear the reasons were. We found out, like, days later that she was alleging abuse. She had filed a uh, Um, uh, restraining order against him when she filed for divorce Yes, but initially it was just they were getting divorced. And also, at around the same time, Johnny Depp's mother had died. There Mm. was a lot going on with them. And so they told the organizers, we're canceling, we cannot make it. And there were press releases sent out saying they can't make it. We're still moving forward with the event. It'll be great. They're not coming, by the way. (laughs) Um, But that was it. Like, I remember I wasn't part of the organizing team then, but I do remember hearing from the people who were running the thing. Like, yeah, that's why. Like, I don't know if that's like the reason they're giving us or what's actually happening, but they're not coming. Okay. Okay. And then the event happened and whatever. So cut to this week. Silverman, the disgraced former American atheist president, Mm -hmm. says on Twitter and on YouTube that he was the one who canceled Johnny Depp's appearance at the 2016 Reason Rally because Amber Heard had made allegations against him. And the reason he brings that up, he says, is I told Johnny Depp that he cannot come to this event because of that. And I was wrong to believe her. Don't believe women, you guys. He went off on this for a while. And it's like, wait a minute. First of all, putting aside that I'm pretty sure none of that is true. Um, so that's not the he's story. He's lying and is also the bad guy in the story. Yes. That's pretty impressive. That weird. That's a really wild thing to lie about. And then you come off looking like a big fucking asshole. I, not a lot of people have the balls to... <laughs> 
to make up a lie that makes them look like a fucking idiot. And yet, Dave Silverman, you Somehow, surprised us again. I do have Thanks some... for giving me that koozie 10 years ago. <laughs> I... <laughs> I do have. I do it's have. Sure he did give me a koozie. I do have one kind of happy story. Okay, how many stories have we done? Like four? Uh, like one. <laughs> um, there's a Christian college in the state of Washington, Seattle Pacific University. If I tell you it's a private Christian college, you have an idea sure. of what they're like. And one of the things that happened last year is that they refused to hire. Um, someone as a full-time nursing professor, not because this person lacked credentials, it's because, and this is the quote he gave that they told him, it's because he's not heterosexual. Uh-oh. He wasn't even in a same-sex relationship. They're mm-hmm. just like, you're gay, so you we can't We saw you looking at that, here. D. You gotta yeah. get out of here, bud. Yeah, so he filed the lawsuit, and the yeah. end result of that is that it was settled out of court. We don't actually know... Any of the I have a question. There? Yes, I don't know the answer. I, I'm just no, no. This is just sort of a hypothetical. <laughs> when when somebody files these lawsuits, yeah. what do you think is their overall goal? Like, is it just it to, finan- to settle financially for lawsuits? It depends. Of, or if you is think it like I didn't get this job and you screwed me out of some money that I was deserved? That's one thing. Sometimes it's on principle. In uh-huh. some cases, like this, it might be both. So they settled out like of to court. get notoriety toward, or you know, a, a note. Uh, Focus on whatever thing they're doing. Maybe. Is what I'm wondering. Like, there are some nonprofits who will file those lawsuits because this supports their cause. Sure. But individuals are usually just... In this case, it wasn't like some nonprofit group. This was this guy Mm -hmm. filing this lawsuit. And they settled out of court, which means I don't know what the decision was, Mm -hmm. but he still didn't have a job there. So, at the time... When the school says we're not hiring this guy, mm-hmm. and he says they, they're not hiring me because I'm gay, mm-hmm. not because I'm doing anything against Christianity or conservative Christianity. Because they don't know I'm in a same-sex relationship. They don't know if I've engaged yeah. in gay no, sex. No, they just say it's because you're gay. Yeah. And that should that violates state of Washington laws. Like, that violates the rules here. But the school's thing is, like, we're a private, private Christian school. school. We can do whatever we want. Anyway, they settled out of court. But after that happened, as that was going on, there was a lot of pushback from people saying, why are you not hiring this guy? He is everything we want in a professor. Mm-hmm. He fits the bill. And guess what? Even as Christians, being gay is not a problem. Yeah. Acting on it, controversial. But being gay is not a problem. We embrace that. So what the hell are you doing, school? So the question was, for this school, Mm -hmm. are you going to keep this stupid, irrelevant clause in your contract that basically requires you to not be LGBTQ? Right. Because you don't need it. If your goal is we only want to hire good Christians, you could just say, and no one would have a problem with it at a private Christian school, well, you have to believe in Jesus. These are like the aspects of the resurrection Mm -hmm. that we subscribe to as a school. And if you can't agree with us, then get out. Like, don't work here. What flavor of Christian is it? I don't know. Just um, generic. Actually, no. They, Free Methodist Church is the church they were allied with. Okay, I don't know what that and is. And they were saying, we're just promoting Free Methodist Church principles here, which didn't really even make sense because the Free Methodist denomination does not give the school money. So everyone's oh, like, what the, why are we trying to appease them? I need anyway, a flowchart of the, the branches of Christianity. Yeah, good luck with that. So the question is, are they going to keep this unnecessary anti-gay clause in their contract? Which, or are they just going to say... Don't ask, don't tell. Listen, if you believe in Christ and you agree with us on that front, we'll hire you if you are worthy of the job, which is what the students wanted Mm -hmm. and what a lot of professors wanted. I should say, last year after they fired this dude, 
72% of faculty members supported a vote of no confidence against the university's board of trustees. What does that mean? Um, they were like, we do not like what you are doing. Oh, I see. We don't have confidence. You are making the right decisions in the best interest of the school. Got this it. is 72% of faculty members. Oof. And the statement they said, uh, they said we issued, we put out a survey 75% of faculty members, 68% of all staffers here object to the anti-gay discrimination that this school is conducting. Good. So they were hoping now that the board would just say, you know what? We've revised our contract. We're just removing that. We're not taking a position. Which is the easy thing to thing. do. Yeah. And so what did the board do not like that last week? They said, you know what? We talked about it. We're totally going to keep that We're in. We're comfortable hating yeah. gay people. It feels yes. good in our hearts. So they kept it's, it's that It's what clause. Jesus would have wanted, we think. <laughs> yeah, they kept that clause in their contract. And what happened this week? A bunch of students decided to protest by holding a sit-in in the hallway and the office of the administration. Yes. And to say like, okay, fine. We don't have control over this uh-huh. but we can voice our opposition and there's nothing you could do about that because sure. you can't expel all of us so they've been sitting in on the hallway outside the office doors of the leaders of this school for like the past week yes like pe- yes making, i love this it's fantastic it's so really mad i never got to do a sit-in Ugh. <laughs> um there are amazing if you go to the twitter account uh at SPU, Seattle Pacific University, at SPU is gay. Yeah. <laughs> they have so many pictures of the sit-in and Halloween. what people are doing. It's really amazing. Um, SPU and just, is gay? SPU, yep. Got it. And one of the, I just want to get this out of the way. There are people who are listening who might say, like, well, just tell the students to get out of that school. Leave the school. Go to a place that's not bigoted. Nope. I just want to say it's not that easy. Sometimes parents are like, I'm only going to pay for college if you go to the school like this, and they don't really have a choice. Transferring is not always an easy thing to do, even if you have the money to do it. It's not as simple as saying, just get out if you don't like the school. And these kids are saying, we are Christian, we support like the school's principles, but we're not on board with the discrimination mm-hmm. that doesn't match up with our faith. Mm-hmm. And this is our way of fighting back. This is the leverage that they have because it's not as simple as, well, we're not going to attend and give you money. Anymore. Right. Now, I- alums of the school could easily come out and say, we're not donating another dime to you because of this. Yeah. I wish more than I could. should start donating to Ball State just so if they do something bogus, <laughs> I can have any leverage and being like, hey, I'm a little-known podcaster who went to your school. You should listen to my opinion. Um, By the so way, we, the pushback has worked in a little way. Like, late last week, two, of the, board, two of the board members have resigned. Good. A third said he's not going to return now that he's up for re-election. He's like, I'm not going to run again. But For the school board? For the board of trustees of oh, the school. okay. But all three of them were anti-keeping the anti-gay stuff in place. They were on the good side of the issue. Yeah. They're like, all right, we're not being listened to here, so we're out. Which, I mean, good on them. That's their I, leverage. They're like, fine, we're leaving. We don't want to run this school if you're doing this. But also that leaves in place the bigots. Yes. Um, I think this is a thing you and I have talked about and people in atheism in this space have talked about a lot. I would just love to kind of do it, uh, just a high level look at what is your opinion on staying and changing versus leaving it and hope it dries up and dies? If you leave a school like this over this controversy, 
nothing changes if one of you leaves because you're out and that's good. You're not giving them money, but everyone else is and one person's tuition is not going to make a damn bit of difference. Now, if you can get a bunch of people to join you, maybe that makes a difference. But I mean, I don't think their bigotry should lead to you having to like upheave your entire life to go somewhere else, start over at a new school. Like, why is that on you to do all that? Because they're the dicks. Yes. So I I, I appreciate that these students are saying no. And by the way, they did the sit-in during their study week before finals. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not an easy yes. My worry here is they're going to take their finals and then some of them are going to go home because that's what they do over the summer. And then the momentum dies and nothing changes. Right. That's what I'm worried about. But um, yeah, I just, what else are they going to do? I mean, they can't all get up and leave. They're in the middle of the semester. I mean, I just think there's an interesting, like kind of dual aspect of it from these kids perspective, I'm guessing I'm obviously projecting, but I'm assuming a lot of this comes from a place for them of saying, I'm a Christian, I am not anti-gay, and I think that, like, being anti-gay is anti-Christian, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I think these are people, there are people... People who take their faith very seriously and consider that a big part of their person, their personality, their their lifestyle. They don't think that they. I think they think that Christianity should be pro-gay because that's what they believe Jesus taught them. Um, I think the other interesting thing about it, like you were saying, why do you you know just transfer schools? But you're not. It's hard to transfer schools. Why would you mm-hmm. have to? Which is a hundred percent fair and obviously not everybody's in the position to be able to transfer schools for a zillion different very valid reasons but the other flip side is that like i'm a ball state grad and that's on my transcript and that's like a part of who i am now for the rest of my life like whether or not i like it ball state is where i got my education and where i have emotional and and academic ties to and you know whatever and I would rather go down and fight Ball State tooth and nail to like keep it the place that I loved and learned and and graduated Which from. Which is to say the alum of this school, Seattle mm-hmm. Pacific, yeah. they have some leverage that the students who currently attend don't yeah. in terms of saying very publicly, mm-hmm. I'm not going to give them money. Yeah. I disapprove of what they're doing here. I support LGBTQ students as a Christian mm-hmm. because of my Christian faith. They could totally say that and get that going. I hope more do that. I think if some have, but not not all of them. Honestly, this is a thing I think a lot and, and have been contemplating a ton. There is um, some girls I volunteer with who are uh, teenagers and are getting ready to go to uh, go to college, and they're they're Christian. They're homeschooled. They're the best girls. I absolutely adore them. Um, and they are considering going to a Christian. I think they're planning on going to a Christian school in Tennessee. And I, and I'm close with their moms. Like we all are on the same page about like who I am and what my opinions are. So this was not like inappropriate, but I sort of sat down with the one girl and was like, I just want to lay it out that your brand of Christianity may not jive with somebody from going to a Christian college in rural Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that it like, I, I was just like, I am worried you're going to go down there and find people who are, anti-feminist and anti-gay and that's not who you are and I just want to like I don't know and I don't know if that was the right thing to do but I think about it a lot of like okay is that the right thing to do is send these sweet girls who are wonderful and full of love down to Tennessee and like hope they don't end up in like a terrible racist sorority and like learn all these 
I mean, the not one takeaway, it's not my problem. The like, one takeaway for me is like that, it, whatever you're saying right now, <laughs> remember that there are really good, really compassionate students who go to these schools yeah. that are otherwise bigoted on paper. Yeah. And so it's not as, I don't think, simple as saying if they go to a school like this, mm-hmm. oh no, yeah. they're going to get indoctrinated into this horrible thinking. Mm-hmm. No, because look at what's happening at this school. Yeah, the, right. the leaders are the bigots and not even all of them. Some of them are like actively trying to push back, mm-hmm. but that's the thing they passed. But then the students and the faculty members mm-hmm. are saying, we do not stand for this. Don't blame us for this. We yeah. don't want this. Yeah. And that helps. Um, it's tricky. It's, I'm gonna, uh, it's complicated. Really quickly, I just want to touch on these two stories. Last Friday at a graduation ceremony for Dawson County High School in Georgia, the superintendent was giving a speech at graduation, uh-huh. as superintendents do. And I want to tell you what this guy said. Uh, it seems each year I hear questions about what can and can't be said during a graduation ceremony in a public school setting. Uh-oh. This is, by the way, again, the superintendent, Damon Gibbs. Here's what he, he's like. There are some things I can and can't say. I would like to clarify the issue. The best way to do this is to use practical examples. What issue? Uh, what you can and can't say at a graduation. Uh-oh. So here are two. Example number one, what I can say. I often tell students if they're looking for the answer, answers to all of life's questions, the Bible is a great place to start. Okay. What I cannot say is that the Bible is not just a book. It's 66 books written by 40 writers over 1,500 years. Historically accurate well, in that it predicted the birth, crucifixion, death, and resurrection of Jesus predicted. Christ. Mm. Wait. It does not stop simply... Talking. Yep, predicted? Predicted. Did it, does the Bible predict Jesus? Uh, the Bible makes a lot of vague predictions that people are like, see, Jesus. Like oh, one of those fortune tellers. Is that like, a, what's his... Confucius? Not, Confucius? Is that mm. who... Nostradamus. Nostradamus. Yeah. I feel like Confucius was probably something very Superintendent goes on to say, it does not simply contain the truth. It is the truth. The unwavering inspired word of God. There is no uh, comparable book. But just to reiterate, I cannot say that. Teehee. And then later on, he says in the speech, I am at the point. I don't know where this came up in his speech, but he said it. I'm so. I am at the point that I don't care what gender you want to be. Just don't expect me to guess your pronouns. Yeah, bud. That's our point. (laughs) That's why we want to tell you our pronouns. I am a guess. I am obviously a little out of the loop because I recently found out that a group of kids now identify as cats. I am not joking. He got taken up by satire. Yeah. Yeah, Congratulations. It's totally fake. School that never happened. School superintendent. I bet you're so, teaching your kids really good critical thinking skills. Yeah. So this guy not only perpetuates like Fucking this lie that assholes. kids identify as cats, which is a right wing rumor that has no basis in fact, that even a, a lawmaker in Nebraska, I think, who said the exact same thing later had to go back and say, I'm sorry, I got wrong information. Oh, he did not you? only does that, he not only, again, Dehumanizes trans people like your identity doesn't matter to me. LOL, but then he penis? uses his speech at graduation to say, "Hey, Muslims, atheists, Jews, you should be Christian because it's the truth." Like who does that at a graduation ceremony? So that happened. 
It's almost like these people think they're the center of the world because everyone's told them they're the center of the world (laughs) for their entire life and everybody is an other. Remember we talked about those Christians who were on a plane and decided we can sing on the plane because it's ours and everyone loves us. I've never been so happy I wasn't on a plane. That's what the superintendent is doing at graduation. He's like, what? We're in Georgia? I can totally do this. Who's going to be Animal House, that guitar so fucking fast. Um, Turns out someone in the audience told the Freedom From Religion Foundation what had happened and they wrote a letter to the district saying what the hell i'm paraphrasing mm-hmm. like you can't do that tell us how you're gonna not do this again otherwise we'll maybe do something about it so that was story one <sighs> story two same type of issue this one honestly maybe even pissed me off a little more this is in ohio at river valley high school mm-hmm. there is a local business owner his name is jim mcguire who i guess he's graduated from the high school I guess he was brought in to speak at commencement as like a local, local businessman. Yeah, who made good or something. So here's what he said. I read his full speech. It wasn't that long. He's giving advice to the graduates. And there are things like, you know, pick a career that'll help people, which mm-hmm. is fine. That's good advice. Then he says, choose a spouse, basically implying choose a good life mate. And then is he high adds, school graduation? Yep. yep. And then he adds, I also strongly suggest Uh-oh. to make sure to choose biblical principles. You know, a male with a female and a female with a male. They cannot stop themselves. They physically are incapable of just not talking about gender for a second. It is insane. Like, ju- truly, Center for I- Inquiry does not call that out as identity politics, by the way. It's the people defending trans people who are guilty of identity politics. I am fucking furious right now so the district in response so one person who was in the audience apparently Mm because her brother was graduating she heard this i think she's a college student she's the one who like screenshot that version of the live stream later on and posted it on facebook because the district has since taken down the video of the graduation there's no video of the graduation for the graduates there's none but um the district issued a statement Basically, all they did is they're like, you guys, he wasn't representing the district, Mm -hmm. so stop being mad at us. Wait, he wasn't? Are you sure? Because he is a representative of the district. He spoke at graduation. And he spoke at graduation of the district that he represented, uh but not not to be clear. He's not representing the district as a representative speaking at graduation. Yeah, the administration said McGuire was not speaking as an official representative of River Valley local schools and that his speech was not reviewed in advance but also this in that same students in the same statement, they didn't even try to mention his name. They didn't. The only reason his name was in that statement is because literally he makes a speaking in the third person joke in the speech and they published the transcript of what he said, thinking if we give you the full context, maybe you'll understand this the wasn't context an is anti- not better. No, it doesn't. And then they also uh didn't extend any support for LGBTQ students in the statement. It's not like they said, listen, he doesn't represent us and we want gay students to know we support who they are. They are welcome and we accept them in our buildings. They didn't do any of that. They didn't say anything like that. Um, I, the one upside to all of this is that this Jim McGuire guy, who, by the way, it wasn't hard for me to Google that he is 
he works for local Republican oh, politics. Oh, you don't say. Know, a Republican, this gentleman but in he Ohio. Also, he was recently appointed to the board of the Marion County, Ohio Board of Developmental Disabilities. Because I guess this guy's passion is helping the less fortunate oh and people with disabilities, which... On the surface, I like that you're working for something like that. But people reached out to them. They're like, you appointed this guy to your board? Did you hear what he said? Yeah, bud. They released a statement. This is from the board, the official board. We wanted to take a moment to address a board member's comments at a local commencement ceremony. While we did not attend the ceremony, our mission is that of inclusion of all people. We are learning the facts of this incident and will be meeting with the county commissioners to discuss his appointed position as a board member. I don't know if that means they're going to say goodbye. They should. Because I hope this guy loses his privileged I don't board seat. Trust because these people to why would not anyone... be anti trans or but not also, be pro trans enough to. But also that. Like, I am not sure Again, I can trust these people to do the right thing. How many times are we going to have to see an entire community of people who are already some of the most ill treated people in this fucking yeah. country? How many times are we going to watch people lay down on the tracks to defend some rich old white guy <laughs> and be like, ah, oh, trans people. Matter as much as Timothy over here <laughs> and his mustache. Way, I saw a lot of. I read a lot of news stories about this thing, trying to dig up information. None of them mentioned something else he said in the speech, which I don't have video of because they removed all video of this. But they they published the school district published the transcript, the right? District. Because is that they a legal like, thing they had to? Uh, they just said like I think the thinking was we'll publish the full transcript of what he said, the truth so you can see free. that yeah he made that one comment, but he said a lot of good things. Mm-hmm. So like don't pretend that the whole thing was anti-gay. But there, here's the first things in the first paragraph of his speech. Here's what uh, Jim McGuire said: Everyone in every country in this planet lives by calendar that was based on 2022 years ago. It was fuck yourself, dude. It was established by Jesus Christ. And we need to remember that. I promise anytime you spend learning God's word will not be subtracted from your life. I love the high key racism of Every country has done this for 2,000 years because that's how What he's long- saying, what he's saying, every country believes it's the year 2022 because they're basing their calendar on the birth of Christ. That is literally not true. Have you heard of a Jewish calendar? Like it's not the Have year you heard 2022. Have Chinese New Year? Do you think every, do you think Muslims are sitting around saying we're going to revolve our entire system based off of what Jesus did? It's literally That's the equivalent not- of saying, well, you spend money and it says in God we trust <laughs> on it. Like truly it's the exact same thing of like, yeah. oh, you think today is Sunday? You know, Sunday's God's day. So figured it out. Yeah, you spend Fucking money, you. I guess you don't really have a problem with Jesus God. Jesus Christ. I, so, uh, keep talking. I'm the uh, Marion Star, local newspaper, quoted the uh, person who posted that little clip on Facebook. Alexis Osipow is her name. 2018 graduate of the school, there to watch her brother. And she mm-hmm. said, when he made the comment, my jaw dropped to the floor and I honestly thought I was hearing it wrong. I had to look around and see if other people were having the same reaction that I was. And? And they were. <gasps> really? I felt, I felt like crying when I heard some people in the crowd clapping. Some. 
but I was absolutely outraged, and so were my parents and brother. I heard people behind me whispering about how inappropriate the comment was Could as you well. tell me the name of the school again? Uh, River Valley uh, High School is the name of the school. It is in Caledonia, Ohio. So anyway, I, the point being, both of those stories, you have people in positions of power, a superintendent, this local business guy who... Both of them turned what is supposed to be a celebration of the seniors and all the schooling they just finished, mm-hmm. wishing them their best as they head off to whatever it is they're going to do. No, it's about him and, and they, God. Yeah, and they turned it into, let me tell you about That's my bigotry. That's what it is, Hammond. It's all about me and Jesus and who cares about you. And by the way, if you're a Muslim graduating, oh, you're an atheist yourself. graduating, you are not welcome yeah, here. Yeah, you're not part of this. You're um, tagging along. Truly, their ability to turn everything inward, and not inward the way like those of us with depression turn things inward, turn things inward like, oh, this thing is happening, good news, I am going to tell you all. Truly imagine if I was like, I've been riding horses for my whole life, and I think everybody should be riding horses. I think I've learned (laughs) so much from working with horses. I've become more physically confident. I've been more emotionally confident. But imagine if I was asked to to lead and it was like I look out here and I see a lot of young women and I really think that every person here would be I mean uplifted by having a horse <laughs> having a horse taught me to look inward it taught me patience it taught me that there are things outside of myself that matter and that my small things that I do affect other things in such a rippling way what if that was who I was? And then you tossed in a disgust, disgust. followed by also, if you're trans, I mean, Go fuck what are yourself. you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? Uh, did you see, actually, I'm going to talk about in the bonus episode, right. the thing about the dude who thinks women shouldn't ride horses. It's extremely funny. Uh, women, I'm writing it down. All you right. guys will have so to pay you can- $5 <laughs> or whatever to hear this. Or just go on my Facebook and I bet it's... No, don't do it. It's gone. (laughs) It's behind a paywall too. There you go. Uh, You can find me at Hemant Meta on Twitter. You can go to FriendlyAtheistPodcast.com or FriendlyAtheistPodcast at gmail.com to Mm -hmm. send us nasty emails after this episode. That's fair. Hi, Robin. Hey, Rob. Do you think she'll listen? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, didn't again, say give the us C go word to Patreon because I almost said the word cunt. Patreon.com like slash friendly atheist podcast to support the show. Where do we find you? I'm kind of not done talking about this trans You're done. thing. You're done. Fine. You can find me on Twitter at uh, Jess Bloomke. Um, my Etsy shop is Bitches Get Stitched Done. I owe uh, at least two of you apologies. One thing is going out late, the other thing I'm working on. Just a lot of uh, fires in my life in the last month or two, so those things are um, a little behind. But if you want to buy something, I would appreciate it because could use money. Um, I think that email us at friendlyatheistpodcast.gmail.com. Uh, podcast. You mm-hmm. can always go. I'm not going to try to find a review. Yep. You can review us on iTunes. Tell a friend. Do it. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Hey, trans people. We love you.